Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Digital Confidence and Decision Making podcast. Here we're going to get on to what is probably my favourite chapter, chapter 7, where we're getting to decide which is a huge element of the strategy that we're going to put together, but also a few other decisions that you need to think about. I've mentioned previously as well, obviously everything we've done in chapters 5 and 6 is kind of what now leads into this. So we've had the discussions, we've had the conversations, we know problems, uh, we know where processes don't work very well, we know where there's bottlenecks, we know what people like, what they don't like, what they use in their personal life. We've gone out there now, discovered some solutions, looked at tools, looked at things that might help us to bridge that gap from where we want to, from where we are today to where we want to get to. And now this is about putting that together into a, a more formal strategy. So without any further ado, let's crack on. Chapter seven, decide. What is decide? In the previous stage, I told you to pour yourself a glass of wine. It is now time to put that down and put the kettle on and make a tea or coffee and get yourself comfortable. As I mentioned at the start of this section of the book, decide is really going to be the key stage that you as a business leader need to be on top of. You're going to have to concentrate now. Decide is going to focus on your digital strategy and how you achieve one that works for your business. We will be taking the discuss and discover stages and bringing them together into a plan that will enable you to achieve your business goals. Why decide? How is your digital strategy going to help the business achieve or accelerate its plans? A strategy is a plan of action designed to achieve a long-term or overall aim. Therefore, this is your most basic starting point, that it is a plan of action, what you are going to do. However, key to the strategy is the part about achieving a long-term or overall aim. This is where so many digital strategies go wrong and the reason that the failure rates are so high. The aim of digital is to make your business more efficient at what it does. Most strategies I read focus on making the IT department more efficient. They have very generic phrasing and terminology in them and a lack of clarity over the aims. They have not factored in that they are a service department to the business. Decide will help you ensure that your digital strategy will focus on achieving the business aims and outcomes. It will set out your aims for the next three to five years. It will give you measurable outcomes that you can work towards and achieve success. And just on that, obviously I very critical of a lot of local government strategies in particular, the way they're written with these fluffy word and generic phrases, terminology. They just throw things out like cloud and and various other bits. And I read a lot of other books as well as my own and and two of my favourites are actually one called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Rommelt and one called The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. And they both make excellent points on strategy. They're they're very much focused on business strategy, uh, as as you probably expect. So you have to lift elements of it and say, okay, how does this apply to digital and, and to technology and where we're going? But fundamentally, what they both say is... You're currently here, this is where you are. You have an ambition to get somewhere over here. What are the steps you're gonna take to get from here to there? And make them proper steps, make them measurable, make them actionable, make a plan out of that. Richard, in his book, talks about having some guiding principles that will help you get there. And that's really the key difference that I see is when people talk about cloud and various other bits and digital first and digital by default, They're policies within a strategy. They're not the strategy itself. The strategy is the steps you're taking to to get from where you are today to where you want to be as a business. 
And in the world of local government, that is not necessarily where IT want to get to. That is housing have a need to achieve X. How is IT or digital going to help housing achieve that ambition quicker, more effectively, more efficiently than they can do just by throwing these phrases about? And that's why the strategy is then key and everything that follows after it happen the business case and other bits almost flow through from that customers i'm working with at the moment you can see you've got a corporate plan or a business plan you've then got departmental outcomes they want to achieve over the next few years we then have a digital strategy that says this is how we're going to help you to achieve all of those and then business cases that follow basically can go we're right in this business case because we have this strategy because you have this ambition and this is the outcome we're going to achieve for you. So it is really, really crucial that you have a strategy that actually follows the rest of the business rather than it being almost like a standalone document, which it is in a lot of cases. Decide case study. An important part of any digital strategy is being able to measure success. One of the reasons so many digital projects fail to deliver business value is because they were implemented without the understanding of what the desired outcomes were. To differentiate between outcomes and desired outcomes, I'll use an example of buying and installing a piece of software to run marketing campaigns. The outcome of this project was to implement the software. This meant the business can run marketing campaigns, gaining insights into the material sent out, who had open emails, who had forwarded, engagement and response rates, and it could all be directly integrated into the Salesforce CRM. However, the desired outcome of buying the software was that the company sold more. Therefore, it was about providing better qualified leads to the sales team. If the software was not producing these leads, which sales could then turn into a customer, then there was no point in having the software. It is this key differentiator that often makes or breaks a project. Marketing software companies know this, and therefore, on top of providing the software, you will often also receive a whole host of information on writing eye-catching emails and the best time to send them. They will suggest how to follow up with leads, and a host of other relevant information in a variety of mediums from face-to-face, -face, webinars, blogs and reference pages on their websites. They know that they need to ensure that the customer hits the desired outcome of more sales for the software to be deemed a success. Hitting just the outcome is not enough. It is important to note here that different roles within a business have different desired outcomes from the same project. Being able to list these at the start of the project ensured that I could measure proper success and ensure that the delivery team are working to an agreed set of outcomes. Marketing, sales, operations and finance all had different desired outcomes. It is no wonder so many projects fail to deliver business benefits if the research into what the true benefits are have not been completed first. A simple exercise that I asked colleagues to undertake to establish these outcomes and desired outcomes was to complete the sentence. I want... dot 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 because... dot 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 because... dot dot dot. I use this method as the second because makes you change your language slightly to fit the sentence structure and it is sometimes quite hard to word. In other words, it makes people think. In this instance, the desired outcomes are all similar but slightly different. I had to look at marketing needing to run better campaigns to give sales better quality leads to convert them more quickly, to ensure that the finance hits the forecast revenue figures, all pulling in the same direction but with a slightly different requirement and measure of success. Understanding the subtleties up front will allow for the measured success of the software imp implementation and usage. Because I had completed the upfront work and ensured I could measure success from the strategy, 
based on business outcomes, the project went much more smoothly than it would have done without knowing this information. Understanding the outcomes and business goals at this early stage of your digital programme will enable you to undertake this evaluation. Do not try to find out what the outcomes are once you've started a project. If you know what business outcomes you want to achieve first, then you can align your digital strategy to them. And that point is actually really important and one that you can't skip over. So too often with technology projects and digital projects, we almost finish the project at the point that the system goes live. But the system going live is only one element of the project. It's a very small element, actually. What you're buying the software for is to do something for you, whether that is to make you more efficient or to get you more leads or to give you better finance figures, more up-to-date information, whatever that is, that is the actual outcome of the project and that's what you're working towards. So buying a CRM and firing all this information out and all these marketing tools, that might be a great project. Yes, great, IT have installed it. Away we go, we've done that project. But ultimately, if that isn't then uh, producing those leads and giving you that information, then that project's a failure. And you might not know that for 12 months after go live, it might even be longer than 12 months. And far, far too often we close projects down at the end of the implementation. So we've done the software, away we go, we move on to the next thing. And if you're thinking outcome-based kind of projects and you're buying from an outcome-based perspective and you're talking to vendors about these are the outcomes I want to achieve, then your project has to go on much, much longer than you actually think it does. And I see it a lot with smart city projects where they do a six month pilot and it's like brilliant but if it's about people's health and imp improving people's health then in general that's a 20-year project until you're seeing the next generation come through with different uh, health needs or different illnesses or less asthma things like that so really when you're setting the project yes you can set a project to do the implementation but then think about okay why have we bought this software what is it meant to achieve for us and then we need to keep reviewing that every few months to check that that is still the right software for you and that it's delivering or we might need to change some of the processes, come back to it, tweak it or think about how we're using it. Are we sending emails at the wrong time? Are we collecting the wrong information? So technical projects, technology projects do not finish the day the system goes live. They will not finish for a year after that. Steps for decide. Number one, decide your strategy. I want to see specifics in your strategy. How is the IT department, whether in-house, outsourced or a partner, going to help you to become more efficient as a business? How will they help finance? How will they help sales to sell more? How will they help marketing to get more leads? The starting point for a digital strategy is to find the other strategies and plans that relate to the business, be it around growth, lower costs, higher margins, better customer service, service change or customer retention. The list can be endless depending on the sector, but all businesses should have a business strategy or plan. Councils will have a corporate and service plans. Government departments will often have key priorities. It does not matter which sector you're in. You have to know what you want digital to help you to achieve before you can implement it. This is your starting point. When you look at it from this perspective, then the digital strategy becomes much easier to write and much more relevant to your business. I've seen many digital strategies that do not have any reference to the wider business. Ones that do not have a plan. Ones that are being written despite the business not having a plan. How can you possibly write a strategy for a service department when you do not know what the plan for the business is? 
I've seen some appalling strategies that forget who the customer is. I've had to review shared services in the public sector that had written strategies about how they were going to make themselves super efficient. They would deliver a set number of projects to the council because they, as the provider, wanted to become more efficient. They completely missed the point. They were supposed to be making the council more efficient. It is a common mistake that I see all too often. Do not make the same mistake. You've gone through discuss and discover first to understand your users and their requirements. You, as a leader, will also know your business ambitions and your departmental outcomes. Two, decide on your leadership role. It would seem like a lot of the problems stem from quite poor strategies or a lack of outcomes to deliver to. Who then approves these strategies? Most of the time it's the CEO or similarly senior management. Often they are accused of doing this in isolation from the business. Hence why you're going through this methodical approach. It is very important to be absolutely clear here for one moment. You should not be writing the digital strategy. The previous stages are not about you being able to write a strategy. They're about you receiving a digital strategy that you can understand, review and challenge. It should relate to your knowledge of the business and the market and then be approved based on an understanding of how it is going to make your business more efficient. Too many leaders still receive a nice document, maybe 30 pages of writing, maybe a nice PowerPoint to go along with it, and they skim read it. They see a few buzzwords, they might throw in a question, what about blockchain, and then they approve it. They have not understood a word of it, and certainly not any of the implications, nor the business benefits. And off IT go to try and implement their generic strategy, and we end up with a 95% failure rate. Your IT department should be fully aware of what you expect from the strategy. In fact, they should be completing the same five steps as you. Key to understanding your digital strategy and having it deliver clear business efficiencies is to have taken yourself through the discuss and discover stages first. These are key groundwork and foundation stages for you to improve your digital knowledge, to understand your staff and customer frustrations, to have discussed difficulties with your IT department, to have discovered how you can use data better, to have discovered different delivery models for software, to have discovered ecosystems, to now be in a place to really challenge and dissect your new strategy. This is your moment to shine, to stand up and ensure you're getting this right. You do not need to understand everything about digital. You do not need to know how to code. You do not need to know how an API works. You do need to know how all these things can help you. You need to be able to have a conversation with IT about the strategy. How is it delivering against customer frustrations? How will your staff be more efficient? You can no longer just pay lip service to this. Getting your strategy right will enable you to be able to sell it to the business. You will be able to explain why the changes are taking place and what this means to their jobs. Imagine how eager salespeople be to adopt new software if you tell them it will help them close more deals and earn more commission. They will be chomping at the bit. Tell them you're replacing a piece of software as IT has a strategy and need to change and you'll find reluctance and a lack of buy-in. To be honest, they'll probably just start using a spreadsheet or something else. Make sure the digital work is led by its need to achieve service aims. Technology projects turn people off unless they can see what is in it for them. Lack of uptake of new tools and new ways of working is the second most significant reason for projects failing. This stems from not having a clear strategy that shows the business benefits. Many staff just feel like IT is doing another project and changing things and therefore do not give any buy-in or give any time. A solid strategy with real leadership stood behind it will help alleviate these problems. Having already gone through the discuss stage with your staff, 
they will know that you have listened and are part of the solution. This is not IT seeing some shiny toys that they want to play with and implement. This is a real desire to make your business more efficient. From implementing this strategy, you will find a digital company culture is much easier to instill. As the popular phrase does not go, strategy will eat culture for breakfast. A good digital strategy will help you build a good digital culture, with everyone on the same page and pulling in the same direction. A good culture will not necessarily lead to a good strategy. Growing that digital culture or digital mindset will not only help your business, but it helps develop your staff and you need to lead it. I realise there's probably some Peter Drucker fans out there who will hate me for saying that strategy eats culture for breakfast. He's obviously a big proponent or was a big proponent of culture eating strategy. But for me, it really depends about how you're, how you're attacking it. So having a really, really poor strategy does nothing for the culture. You can have the best culture in the world, but if you've got no idea of where you're going, no plan, no direction, then you'll fall over. And likewise, even if you've got a really, really good plan and no culture, you'll have the same, you'll end up in the same boat. So really it's bringing the two together and actually saying we are a digital company, whatever aspect we are, whether we're accountants, plumbers, mechanics, whatever, there is a digital element to it. We need to embrace it. We know things are changing in the world. We need to get on board and therefore we need a plan of how we're going to do that. And if they can see the plan and see the benefits that are coming for them, because let's not forget people are very selfish when it comes to, to things like this, that ultimately having that plan allows them to build into it, to adopt more, to ask more questions about digital, to do a bit of research themselves. So here we're talking about the digital culture. How do we get people on board, thinking more digitally, uh, thinking about the technology that can help them become more effective, more efficient. And it's through having this really good plan that can be adopted by everyone can be seen but has clear outcomes that say this is why you're going to be better at what you do why you're going to earn more money why you're going to be more efficient why you're going to be able to help more people and it's that element that, that re is really missing in a lot of this so strategy culture for me kind of equally important but you kind of can't have one without the other and for me the strategy especially from a digital perspective is one that comes first three decide on it's role all too often you'll see digital teams trying to set the world to rights and fixing all the world's problems, using their own language and not involving those from outside IT. They're adopting a technology-first approach. They're working with good intentions, but they've not done the necessary background work to understand what needs to be delivered. They do not understand that people who do not understand digital are involved and are their customers. They've started running before they can walk. They need to rewind and come back to the company. As much as, as the leaders need to go through discuss, IT also must do this. We joke when we watch programmes like the IT crowd. Teams resign to the basement who ask you to turn it off and on again. But these are the same guys that will help you deliver the most value for your company if you use them correctly. If only IT and the business could speak the same language. Here is your next task with the strategy. Remove the jargon. No one outside of IT knows or cares what it means. We can all use industry-specific acronyms and terminology. Telling someone in finance that you're going to build some APIs and move to infrastructure as a service is meaningless. Tell them you're going to connect two systems to stop them having to manually rekey data and move the system to a third-party provider to ensure stability and less downtime. These are the messages that staff need to hear and will actively play a part in delivering. 
If they see a strategy document as a set of indecipherable words and phrases that mean nothing to them, they are likely to not read or skim read at best. This is what happened to me before. I had a lip service strategy that was not fully understood. It therefore hit problems as soon as delivery started, and that was with the majority of the terminology already removed. Getting people to read a strategy is hard enough. Then getting messages passed down from senior managers to middle managers about how and why the strategy was going to make their jobs easier and more efficient is even harder. Make sure whoever in IT is ultimately responsible for the strategy can write in clear language that everyone can understand. If they can do this, then you will know that you have the right people leading the department. IT must be able to explain the business benefits in the strategy, and these must be based on actual real issues and benefits that have previously been discussed and discovered. No one outside of IT wants to read your digital strategy. You must sell it to the reader. What is in it for them? That's a key issue with a lot of strategies that you see that they get written by one person, they get passed around the department, everyone goes, yeah, that looks fine, it goes upwards, that gets approved. The messaging hasn't then gone wider, hasn't been spread, and the outcomes or the, imp the impact of that strategy haven't been discussed kind of across the user base. So having a strategy that people can actually understand, and that's why we come back to, especially in local government saying, the housing service needs to achieve this. This is where the technology is going to help you. And having that written in completely plain English that says we're going to join two systems to stop you having to rekey, or we're going to improve the data within one system so that you've got more information on hand. They're the kind of things you need to be telling people, not, oh, we're going to replace this with a cloud system because cloud's great and cloud's modern, because no one cares. Outside of IT, literally no one cares about the cloud. They couldn't give two hoots, whether it's cloud-based, on-premise, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, it means nothing to anyone. So stop writing phrases like that in the strategy and actually just tell the end users what's in it for them. Four, decide on your current tools. Unless you're a brand new company, then it's highly likely that you already have technology that you use. Whilst we focus on moving your company forwards to be an efficiency machine, we must consider your current estate. You cannot just remove or change everything you currently have. Instead, you can categorise your current offerings with those that you want to move to in the future. Here, IT will play another fundamental role. As you look at your new strategy and any prerequisites you may have, you can break the estate down into three categories. These are manage, improve and reimagine. Not only does this help you visualise the estate and give you a start of a plan to move forwards, it also helps you define what skills you'll need in IT. This will also force IT to speak to the business about their processes. Quite simply, in three boxes you can label software and technology in one of the three categories. Manage your software that you currently have that you cannot or do not want to replace. It may be legacy software, but it will need someone to look after it and keep it working. Improve your software that you, that you may want to replace. It may be old, even if it's cloud, or not benefiting you as a business. You need to think about how you'll move to a new product or add products on top of existing software. Reimagine is then looking at those processes where you do not currently have a piece of software. You can look at this from a totally blank piece of paper and think about buying or building something completely new. The airline apps for boarding cards is a good example of this. Depending on your size, you may have multiple copies of this template relating to your department and one overarching company, not wide one. If you're relatively small, you may only need to do this once. If each template is linked to the business outcomes, 
then formulating a plan for both resources and software to replace starts to become quite simple. Although this is an IT task, it should be undertaken in consultation with the services it covers, discuss, discover and decide. And again on that, the reimagined one particularly is kind of that blank piece of paper of do something new, change things, completely change your process, re-ramp it. And we'll get, on, I think we've already touched on MVP in previous chapters where we've talked about the, the roller skate to the skateboard to the motorbike. Reimagine is the perfect place to sit and do that. And you may want a separate team that purely that is their job to be kind of slightly rebellious, to think of completely different ways of delivering services. But don't forget that you still have software that you need to manage and software that you may want to improve by, let's say, adding some digital forms on or building something on top of. You can really set your IT team up to deliver within those kind of three categories and really take your business forward. But the reimagine really does come down to them being able to talk to departments about that outcome based approach. What do you actually need to achieve? And then almost let IT go away and say, right, guys, what's the best technical solution to do this and come up with a few ideas from it. Five, decide on your strategy time span. Another key component of the strategy is how long you're going to be planning on having one in place. I usually recommend a digital strategy with a lifespan of three to five years. That seems like a long time, but it's necessary given how long most projects take to implement and embed. There is also an element of people and process change within each of these projects. By having a longer term strategy, you can undertake projects in a sensible time frame. This gives staff and customers time to use and feedback on their experiences before you move on to the next project. The longer length of the strategy also allows all staff to buy into the end result that you're working to. This is a key message to be given. You'll find that you have some quick wins along the journey, but there must be an end state that you want to achieve with your strategy. There will be steps that you need to take to get there. In some cases, you may have to take a step backwards before you can take two steps forwards. There may be times where you must rekey some information twice whilst you change systems or build the connections. Clarity over the end goal will help staff understand why this is necessary. This will come down to how easy you have made the strategy to read and understand for staff that do not necessarily understand digital terminology. However, and it is a big however, just because you've written a five-year strategy, it does not mean you're now fixed to stick to it rigidly for that period. Depending on your industry, you should be reviewing the strategy every six to 12 months. The speed at which technology and industries can change or are changing means that you now must be on top of this and always reviewing. Go back to discuss and discover at regular intervals. Do not be like Kodak and Blockbuster that had strategies and models that they stuck to rigidly and then could not implement a new one quickly enough. You need to be much more agile than this. You need to be able to respond to changes in market demand or services. As your business needs change and develop, your digital strategy will need to be able to move with this. New technologies are always coming to market. Hopefully through the discover stage you've started to get to grips with some of the terminology linked to these and can see how your business could benefit from them. It is non-stop though. There are constantly new trends emerging. Companies like Amazon Web Services are able to release hundreds of new products and services every year. Again, you do not need to understand how they all work, but you do need to understand what is out there and how it can help you. You will be constantly learning, but it will be for the benefit of yourself and your business. You cannot always rely on IT to keep an eye on all trends and then to be able to explain how, can, how they can help your business departments. As a leader, you do need to be able to do this, as should all your senior managers. Senior staff that do not understand digital will not be useful to your business in the long term. You're becoming a technology company with your specific service on top 
So you need to start thinking like one. And quickly, two key points on that. Strategy, three to five years is, is the norm, especially in local government. One of my customers recently, I wrote a one-year strategy for them. And we just did that strategy, one-year plan. The amount of change they were going to be doing that quickly meant that there wasn't much point going into years two and three just yet. We needed to get the foundation layer in first. Once that was written, we had a plan, we had the outcomes. We'll start to formulate what years two, three and four look like as we get nearer to the end of year one. So the actual document itself has all the information into year one. There is a second section that says year two. We have each department. We have a space for what outcomes they want to achieve. We have various other elements. And this is in the charity sector, so it comes off the back of being closed during COVID. So again, we, we don't know what kind of the future for them looks like at this stage. So we're getting the base technology and now we'll review it all as things start to open up more, visitors can come back on site. And constantly learning is huge. It's difficult enough. People, I know guys who work for Amazon who struggle to keep up with the amount of tools they come out with every year and it's kind of their job to do it. So we're not saying understand every single tool, every release, every new piece. Just be aware Amazon do it a lot. Make sure you've got someone who does look at some of these things, look at some ideas, challenges you a little bit on it. Be able to have conversations with IT people. Even if you haven't got a big department, there's there's people like me, there's hundreds of consultants out there that you can have conversations with to say, I've seen this, what do you think about this? What if we went down this route? Go find me some ideas. Just keep learning, keep looking, and all of this stuff becomes more and more familiar. And again, you come back to the, the title of the podcast, the book, Digital Confidence. It all comes back to improving your confidence in making decisions about digital and how it can improve your business. Number six, decide on governance. Once you've decided on your three to five year digital strategy, there is now one more big decision to be made. How are you going to decide which digital tools you're going to buy? That is a big leap from deciding the strategy to buying software. Surely there are some steps in between. Yes, that's true to a point. I've written a strategy previously and included all of the tools that were going to be purchased in the strategy too. It had been designed that way from day one and I knew what the tools were that were going to deliver success as I knew the challenges that were being faced. For you, this may not be so easy, but do not worry. You do not need to know the exact tools and who provides them. At this stage, you should be working out how you're going to decide what is bought. Your strategy will naturally be leading you down a certain route towards the type of tools you need. For the specific details of which ones you buy, are you going to have a purchasing board? Are you going to trust IT's recommendations? Are you going to have a process to show how the tools meet the strategy? Who has the final sign-off and do they understand the end goal? Is there going to be a digital policy or checklist of requirements? Is it part of a wider ecosystem? At this stage, it's perfectly reasonable to have a cloud-first policy, not strategy. This means you can assess digital tools against a checklist. If there is no solution that is as a service, then maybe hosted is your second option, a data center your third option, and finally on-premise as a last resort, as an example. This will be something you need to agree on internally. Make sure you have a digital procurement board or sign-off of some sort that shows how a certain type of tool meets your aims and have it approved at a senior level before you purchase anything. Oversight of digital procurement and having a set of principles to follow will help you smooth the journey. Agree this up front and it will help with later decision making. On that, as well as just the governance, there's the governance of how you run the projects as well and it kind of comes into a later stage when we get to deliver. 
but I work with far, far too many local government organisations who over-govern everything. Boards everywhere, one board reporting to another board, audit reports, templates, business cases, the works. And yet they're not really measuring how well the projects are doing. They're just having the boards in place for the boards to the sake of have the boards so that they can tell everyone they've got a board and the audit report says, well done, you've got boards and I'm bored of saying bored. And really you need to be thinking about, we need to be working quite quickly, we need to move quickly, we need to be agile. We need a level of governance, but we need the right level. So we don't have to have massive papers written for everything. Business cases that are 50 pages long should be dead and buried. They should be able to be two, three pages max because we're relating them through a flow, through strategies, through corporate plans, through everything else. So really think about how you do govern these because in a lot of cases we put far too much governance on and slow the projects down and vice versa there is the complete opposite where we have very little governance and we almost let the IT and the agile teams run wild and they don't really know when to stop or manage. So it'll be different for every business, be different for every council, just work on that, make sure you've got the right structures in place. Seven, decide on how to measure success. So how do you know how a digital tool will meet your needs when purchasing one? The first thing to do is decide what those needs are and what you expect from the system. What this then helps with is creating a template for a very simple business case. It does not need to be overly onerous, but it should be able to state that you're going to be buying a certain digital tool because it meets the needs of the strategy. In purchasing and implementing the software, you understand that it will need to deliver the agreed outcomes and desired outcomes. You may well have a simple return on investment calculation in there too. That is really all you need to sign off the purchase. Everyone should then be very clear in why you're doing the project, what tools you're implementing and what outcomes you're delivering. When projects then get to your digital procurement board, you've now made the task of approving purchases much simpler. And even before you get to that, think about buying from an outcome base. So when you've got sales guys in the room with you, don't just do the old style of write a list of requirements and say, oh, it must do this and it must connect to this and it must work on Windows 10 and it must work on this server. Bin that. What you're doing is you're sitting a, a sales rep down and you're saying, I'm here, I need to get to here. How is your tool going to help me do that? And you buy it based on those conversations, not on a list, list of requirements that you've sent to them. Summary. From this stage, we should now have been able to read your digital strategy and match plans with business requirements. You should be able to easily see these. If you cannot, then the strategy will need to be rewritten. Hopefully, you can now see the importance of the discuss and discover stages in ensuring that the document that has been produced will deliver these benefits. You will be able to look at the strategy and look at some of the outcomes that your business needs and how to measure the success of these. Furthermore, you will have a proper process in place to ensure that you're buying the right tools for the right reason and not making ad hoc purchases based on what others are doing. You are now following a plan with clear objectives that you can align to as a business, but ensuring that you are reviewing this at regular intervals. Remember, you are not the one writing the strategy. There are specialists who can do this for you. You are understanding, challenging and finally approving. And that's the end of chapter seven. And again, to reiterate, I've made this point in previous podcasts. This book is written, it's aimed at chief executives, senior directors, but each of the steps work at, at multiple layers. And when I've been working with one particular company and we were looking at their software choices, 
we went through it at quite a a lower level senior management role i can't really call it senior it's, it's a management role within the organization but they were the users of the software and we went through discuss we had conversations about what it needed to achieve what the outcomes needed to be what the problems with the current system were where we needed to be and having that one overall outcome so in fundraising i think we set them a target to improve collections by 10 percent year on year and put specific figures about what that exactly looked like in the document listed all the problems that are stopping them from achieving that currently and then almost went to the providers and said okay this is where we need to be how does your software get us there and that really was a big differentiator between what they would have done previously with a list of requirements and actually going out to tender in a more conversational way, outcome-based. Then they produced a discovery document that said, basically, here's all the companies we've spoken to, here's all the answers they gave us to those questions, we've scored them, and this is the one we think is best. And the key point on all of that, no point did we touch on price. We went through it and we went, what do we want to achieve? Which one's gonna get us there? And here's the, the reason we're going with that one. So as long as the cost of the system was almost less than the 10% they needed to achieve, then it was fine. The business case writes itself. You don't have to worry about how much that system costs because the return you're going to get from it is going to be much higher. And again, that's something that local government councils forget. They just put a tender out that says, here's a list of requirements. We've got 50 grand to spend. Obviously, every bid comes in around 48, 49,000 pound, funnily enough. And there's absolutely no outcomes that the supplier has to achieve. So yes, the book's written for chief execs to get their heads around digital, but even if it's your teams, your departments, junior people, admin people, going through these steps will actually help them to do lots and lots of tasks. So that's chapter seven. Next podcast, we'll go into chapter eight, which is design, which kind of now moves you into that one year plan. So taking our longer term strategy and breaking it down into what do we do need to do now? What do we need to do next? So uh, I look forward to speaking to you all soon. Thank you.